0: Hello. Hi, Karen, it's Ruby. Hi, Ruby, how are you? I am good, how are you? I am okay, I think. Yeah, big day, big night. <laughs> yeah, bu- budget day, it's always a big day. I just had to find a quiet place in Parliament House, which wasn't very easy, but yeah, I found Yeah, no, uh, not on budget day. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> anyway, all good. And
1: you're ready to uh, just launch into it? Yep, yeah, hopefully, yep. Yeah. All right. From Schwartz Media. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Josh Frydenberg's second budget is a world away from the surplus that he was predicting last year. Now, in the middle of a pandemic, with debt on track to hit $1 trillion, the Treasurer is talking up a jobs-led recovery. Today, the Saturday paper's chief political correspondent, Karen Middleton, on a budget of big numbers and heroic assumptions.
2: The COVID crisis has smashed our economy, leaving eye-watering numbers never seen before in an Australian budget.
1: One of the most important federal budgets in history. It's been described
0: as the most important since the Second World War.
2: Right now, almost one million Australians are out of work. The government has already spent billions, and tonight we'll promise to spend billions more with a deficit... Like... The Great Depression and two world wars did not bring Australia to its knees, and neither will COVID-19.
1: and we're talking to you just as you come out of budget lockup, And I'm hoping that you can start by just telling me what the, the top-line
0: big-picture story is for this budget. Well, the government is saying that it has an economic recovery plan and the line from the Treasurer was that the economy is fighting back and that this is the way out of the dire situation we find ourselves in courtesy of the coronavirus. And tell me a bit about Josh Frydenberg's budget
1: speech. How did he appear and and how was he selling his budget? Well, it's a bit long, actually. That was
0: surprising.
2: Mr Speaker, I move that this bill be now read a second time.
0: Normally it goes for just on half an hour, but we were still watching it 45 minutes in. Uh, Whether he was reading very slowly or being very deliberative, I'm not sure. But, you know, he's conscious of the import of this budget.
2: There remains a monumental task ahead. But there is hope and Australia is up to the task.
0: The economy's in dire straits and they've had to spend enormous amounts, which is not really this government's natural inclination. But the Treasurer is big on the word hope and big on the word plan.
2: Tonight, we embark as a a nation on the next phase of the journey. A journey to rebuild our economy and secure Australia's future.
0: A focus particularly on helping out business, boosting business, giving them concessions, encouraging them to spend, will assist the economy in its trajectory out.
2: Our plan is guided by our values. Our circumstances may have changed, but our values endure.
1: Okay, so let's talk about the plan then, the recovery plan. What are the key spending projects that have been announced? A lot of it seems to be around jobs and creating jobs.
0: All about jobs, and we've heard that for weeks and weeks.
2: Our plan will create jobs.
0: Jobs, jobs, jobs. Jobs and skills.
2: There is no economic recovery without a jobs recovery.
0: Encouraging people into the workforce, encouraging people to hire and to retain staff.
2: There is no budget recovery without a jobs recovery.
0: Everything about getting people employed and staying employed.
2: This budget is all about jobs.
0: The government is bringing forward the tax cuts that it was planning for a couple of years hence. They will be brought forward and backdated in fact to July. We have heard the speculation around about that. The government's arguing that that's going to put a lot of extra money in people's pockets and encourage them to spend. So that's one of the big ticket items. There's also extra money for a new wage subsidy. They're calling it hiring credit. Not a wage subsidy but really it is a wage subsidy focused on young people. Employers getting a cash bonus for hiring a young person uh, aged between, I think, 16 and 35.
2: Treasury estimates that this will support around
0: 450,000 jobs for young people they're offering huge concessions to business to really encourage spending. So you can now as a business from tomorrow, you can go out and spend on anything you like and can claim a complete tax write-off, not a partial one. So there are big concessions for business in this budget package that are all designed for business to lead the recovery.
1: And Karen, Job's are such a big focus of this budget because of
0: the huge hit that the economy has taken this year. So what are the figures? Well, the figures are pretty scary, I have to say. So we've seen a massive leap in the deficit from $85 billion at the end of the last financial year to a forecast deficit of $213.7 billion at the end of the financial year that we're in. Now, of course, this was supposed to be a surplus year. We were supposed to be $5 billion in surplus, and you might remember the Treasurer boasting last year in the budget that we were already back in the black. Bit premature, uh, and we're just seeing absolutely eye-watering figures the net debt figure out to 2023 24 is almost a trillion dollars and if you go to the gross figure mm-hmm. it's it's over a trillion dollars so i mean we just can't even envisage numbers like this we're not used to seeing them lots of zeros in this budget that are pretty unfamiliar we'll be back in a moment
2: As a a 7am listener, you're already familiar with many of the journalists who work for The Saturday Paper. For a limited time, subscribe to Australia's leading independent news source, The Saturday Paper, and you'll receive The Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read POST a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points. Sign up today at thesaturdaypaper.com.au newsletters.
1: Karen, what assumptions is the budget
0: making about what will happen next with COVID-19? It's assuming that we will get a vaccine by the end of next year. It's assuming that we won't see a repeat of what happened in Victoria, either in Victoria again or anywhere else in the country, and that basically things won't get any worse. And in terms of unemployment, things are going to get worse before they get better. We're currently on an unemployment rate of about 6.8%. The budget says by the end of this financial year we'll be at about 7.25%, but it's going to dip further than that before it comes back. So we will, by the end of this calendar year, in the December quarter, get to 8% unemployment. And the budget forecasts that we'll be back within about 18 months to about 6.5%. So that's a pretty big leap. And all of these figures are based on some pretty heroic assumptions.
1: Mm. And so when you take a step back and look at it, is the overall feeling that this is a budget that is focused on the calamity of right now?
0: Yes, absolutely. It's very much the top-line focus of this whole budget. Those figures are terrible, but the Treasurer and the Finance Minister have both said, look... We acknowledge that borrowing costs are low, now is the time to borrow money and to spend it in targeted ways to really try and get the economy going again. And they are confident and this is a confidence game because people need to be reassured that the government knows what it's doing if they're going to go out and spend their money. We've seen people saving quite a bit through this pandemic, which is a sign that they're nervous about the state of things, about their job security, about the state of the economy generally. And the government needs people to relax at least enough that they feel that they can go and spend money, build houses, buy goods, and generally get the economy chugging along again.
1: And speaking of confidence, do you think that the government landed this budget, as in for all of the challenges with the numbers, do you think that this can be chalked up as a win for Josh Frydenberg and for Scott Morrison?
0: Oh, I think it's way too early to see how it goes over yet. People will be combing through this to see exactly how it will hit them. There are a lot of upsides for a lot of people in terms of tax relief. I mean, $12.5 billion tax cuts that people will start seeing straight away. So I think people will feel positive about that for sure, whether they are prepared to accept that the government has a plan out of this terrible recession and that we are going to bounce back as quickly as they say is another thing, I guess. But it is going to be all about reassurance and confidence.
2: Across this country, people are digging deep, banding together and getting on with it. The road to recovery will be hard, but there is hope.
0: A lot of the figures they quote about the state of our economy, they also quote other economies and say, look at the UK, look at the US, we're much better off than them.
2: Australia's economy contracted by 7 per cent in the June quarter. By comparison, There were falls of around 12% in New Zealand, 14% in France and around 20% in the United Kingdom.
0: Our health status is better in terms of COVID-19. Our economy hasn't suffered as much. Our growth hasn't suffered as much.
2: Mr Speaker, the Australian economy is now fighting back.
0: So, you know, they're really saying we're doing OK, Australia, and we, we just need to hang in there and, um, and pull ourselves together and, and get out of this recession together. And that's going to be, I think, a political theme of theirs heading into next year too, whether it is an election year. They want people to very much feel a- assured that things are going to be all right. The Morrison government's
2: message to all Australians is that we have your back. And we have a plan to rebuild our
0: economy and
1: create... So what does the next year look like in Australia, Karen, based on this budget?
0: I think it's tough, and I think it's going to get tougher before it gets better, and that's the problem. There's a long tail to an economic recession, even if the health figures turn around reasonably quickly, and we're being optimistic about that here in Australia with the low levels of infection and transmission in most of the country and improving levels in Victoria. But... The economy takes longer to fix. We, we don't know how many of those so-called zombie businesses there are that are currently being propped up by things like the JobKeeper wage subsidy, which is due to run out next year, and the JobSeeker boosted payment. The government hasn't made a decision yet on whether it will return that to the old New Start level, the unemployment benefit, or keep it boosted. There's a lot of pressure to keep it boosted. But all these things are helping keep people afloat and in terms of job keeper they're helping keep businesses afloat and once that disappears we don't know how many businesses might struggle to stay uh, in business and that will have a knock on effect for unemployment so 8% might not be the bottom at the end of this year On the other hand, if we happen to get a vaccine earlier than they're hoping, if things go better than they're hoping, well, we could see the economy turn around much more quickly. There are a great many unknowns and that's why they're basically saying you have to trust us to pull the levers at the right time and then we all have to work on this together.
1: Karen, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Um, I'm sure you've got a busy night ahead of you and a busy couple of days uh, continuing to go through all of this.
0: It's certainly busy in Budget Week and on Thursday we will have opposition leader Anthony Albanese's response, his first one as opposition leader, so there'll be a lot riding on that for him as well.
1: I'm looking forward to seeing what you write about it all in the Saturday paper. Thanks, Ruby.
2: Sloane Crosley is known for her funny and acerbic personal essays, but her new memoir digs much deeper to examine the loss of her best friend. Join me, Michael Williams, as I chat with Sloane about Grief is for People. Find it wherever you listen.
1: Also in the news, billionaire businessman James Packer has told an inquiry that emails he sent threatening potential business partners – were disgraceful and shameful. The New South Wales Liquor and Gaming Authority inquiry is examining allegations of money laundering at Crown Casino, which is part owned by Packer. At the beginning of his testimony, Packer told the inquiry that he'd been taking medication that left him unable to recall information. And Donald Trump has returned to the White House after spending three days in hospital battling COVID-19. Trump stood on a White House balcony, ripped off his mask and saluted. In a video posted online, Trump suggested that he may be immune to the virus and said Americans shouldn't be afraid of it. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.